the class, feel free to do so this time. Those of you in the sanctuary, if you have your Bibles with you, uh, if you want to begin to turn to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter number 1, I am, uh, we're going to begin there, a familiar passage of Scripture for most of you in this room, uh, but I am going to give you several Scriptures today. It may be a little different. We'll see how this thing goes this morning, but I, I stand before you today convicted by the Holy Spirit last night, yesterday evening, and if the Lord would help me today, I want to talk to us about a fearless church and simply a call to stand. A fearless church, and I'm just going to issue a call for you and I to stand today because as much as I love being in this room with you on Sunday morning and for those of you that's able to be here in the middle of the week and at other times when we gather, as much as I enjoy that and as much as we need that, something has to change. We cannot continue as we are. I pray that you hear my heart today. While we continue to do this, we continue to lose a generation of all ages. Three o'clock this morning, Brother Michael, one of the other staff, went and picked up a 14-year-old boy in Connersville, Indiana that said he couldn't live any longer. Something has to change. This morning, while the world is full of chaos, the church is filled with apathy and sin, We walk in the places like this and we expect the power and the anointing of God to rain down on us. We've created all kinds of things that doesn't even really exist. We've created, over the course of the last several hundred years, we've created a Baptist church, a Pentecostal church, a Methodist church, a Presbyterian church, a community church, of this kind of church and that kind of church and can I tell you that's not that's not the answer because there's only one church we have allowed differences of opinions and ideals to divide us and to keep us and while we've done it under the name of Christ and even maybe with good intentions at times we've allowed the enemy to keep us from ever unifying like they did at the day of Pentecost and therefore we have no power, we have no authority and we continue to bury a generation. I'm going to give you this morning, and I, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do my best. And, but I'm going to give you what God has placed in my heart for today because 
we are the church of this hour. D.L. Moody's not coming back. Billy Sunday's not coming back. Pastor Irvin Steele's not coming back. Sister Bernie Grant's not coming back. My mama's not coming back. Those that have been instrumental in your life, they're not coming back to do this for us. We got to do it. The question is, will we? The question is, do we have an appetite for it? Will we lay between the porch and the altar and touch heaven so that somebody's son and daughter can be saved, healed, delivered, and set free? In times like this, the enemy always uses a specific tactic, and it's what we're hearing and seeing played before our eyes today, and I'm going to dive into it for a few moments. So in 2 Timothy chapter number 1, if you're able, if you're not, I understand, but uh, I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of the word. If you're not able, don't feel obligated, but you say, why have you started doing this over the last month or so, Pastor, is because my whole goal is to bring reverence back to the house of God. Okay, that's all, that's all it is. I'm not asking you to stand for me, but we got to reverence God. We've lost the reverence. I'm not going to be an evangelist this morning. I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to be a shepherd. I'm going to just be real with you today. Is that all right? I want to read these first 14 verses with you this morning. 2 Timothy chapter number 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father of Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, been mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfinished faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me, 
in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus, that good thing which was committed unto thee, kept by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in us. Wherefore, verse number six, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. I thank you for the privilege to stand before your people. I stand here today in this sacred place in a very heavy manner, but Lord, in a manner where I feel like I'm on assignment. So Lord, today I pray that you would remove me and let Holy Ghost speak through me today. And we will give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, the church says, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord this morning. It is clear, according to the scripture that we shared with you this morning, that fear is a spirit of the kingdom of darkness that our enemy uses to try and keep us from walking in the victory that was given to us through the cross of Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul understood it and wrote it very elegantly. It is also clear that Paul, through the revelation knowledge of the Holy Spirit, because let me remind you that Paul was moved on by the Spirit to write what he wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy. We know that that is how the Word of God was established through many years and 40 different authors. The Bible's very clear that men of old was moved on by the Spirit, and then they began to write. So this is not just the words of a mere man, but this is the words that was given to a man by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Therefore, it is the written word of Jesus Christ our Lord, and we can take comfort in that today. And Paul, in his writing, he made it clear that not only is fear a spirit, from the kingdom of darkness, but he also made it clear on how we are to walk as men and women of faith. He simply said we are to possess a spirit of power. We are to have a spirit of love, but then also we are to have a sound mind. If we unpack that for a moment this morning, we find that in verse 13 and 14, it says, hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus, that good thing which was committed unto the kept by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in us. What he's simply saying is that through the power of the impartation of the Holy Ghost in our lives, we are able to walk in a power that is not given by men, but we are able to walk with the power and the authority of Jesus Christ our Lord. And it is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It is the power that is able to quicken this mortal body. So therefore, we come to a place where Paul is telling us that we are to 
resist a spirit of fear, but we are to embrace and we are to position ourselves to possess the power of God in our lives. He then proceeds to say that we are to have a spirit of love about us. We are to put on Christ's likeness. And I do believe that I can read it better than I can explain it to you this morning. So bear with me as I give you lots of scripture today. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth and he says this, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity or have not love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. It doesn't vaunt up itself. It's not puffed up. Doeth not behave itself unseemly. It seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Uh, it thinketh no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but it does rejoice in truth. It beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never fails. Whether there be prophecies, they will fall. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. But the love of God, if you read on down in 1 Corinthians 13 and 13, it says, now abideth faith, hope, and charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. So Paul was simply saying this, you cannot allow the things that go on around you in your world, in your life, in your family, to keep you from ever abandoning the place of love that we have in Christ. But then he goes on a little further and he says, we are to be those that have a sound mind. And that's really what we're going to kind of unpack for a little bit this morning. In James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8, you would read these words. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and unbridleth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways." But James 4, 3 through 8 also says this, You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust, you adulterers and adulteresses. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is an entity against with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God? Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You say, what does all of this mean? When I begin to look and I begin to focus on these passages of scripture, it began to take me to a place where I began to focus on one that has been 
talked about and preached about outside of Christ probably more than any other individual in Scripture. And it took me to King David. And as I began to look at his life, I find that there come a point in time in his life that he had to simply just say this, I'm just going to trust the Lord. No matter what's going on around me, no matter what I'm faced with, I don't have to understand it all, but I'm going to just trust in the Lord. When you go to Psalm 62, you find the following. He says, truly, my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will you imagine mischief against a man? You shall be slain, all of you. As a bowing wall shall you be, and as a tottering fence the only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Selah, my soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Today I want to focus on the importance of being steadfast in our faith. Let's be honest this morning. We are witnessing our world go through a time of great turmoil and shaking. If you and I was to have sat down 18 months ago and began to have a conversation and say that what we're seeing today was going to be taking place in our world, it would be hard for us to get our mind wrapped around it. But this morning, here we are. We find ourselves in a place of great uncertainty in nearly every avenue of life. We find that it is easy in times such as this uh, that for the enemy to bring about a spirit of fear uh, and the purpose for doing so uh, is to try to paralyze uh, and to isolate individuals uh, so that then he might come and step in and do what he's always done, which we find in John 10 and 10. He comes to steal, to kill, uh, and to destroy. But I'm thankful this morning that that verse doesn't just stop there. But Jesus said, but I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. David, who faced many challenges in his life, he understood that he could only put his trust in the Lord. Can I say to you this morning, in the midst of everything that's going on, in the midst of the enemy trying to put a spirit of fear back on the people of God in this season, uh, you're going to have to make a decision. In whose report are you going to believe? Uh, are you going to believe the word of the Lord over your life and over your family? Uh, are you going to believe the lies of the enemy uh, that is trying to strike fear in the hearts of men uh, and to keep us in a place where we are paralyzed and isolated? Uh, listen, uh, I understand that we are in a day 
idea that we have never been before uh, in modern history. Uh, But at the same time, I have to remind you uh, that God has not changed. Uh, And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, And when smallpox broke out, he protected. Uh, When the measles came, he protected. Uh, Listen, uh, I am not making light of what we're going through right now because, listen, uh, it's hitting very close to home. Uh, I have people that I love that's going through very difficult things this morning. Uh, My phone has rung all week long. Uh, Pray for this one. Pray for that one. Uh, Pray for this one's brother. Uh, Pray for this one. Do you know this pastor? Uh, Pray for them. Pray for this. Uh, Listen, this is real life. Uh, I understand the significance of it. Uh, But at the same time, uh, I also began to see uh, a spirit of fear coming back. Uh, Listen, uh, I had a conversation. I'll be honest and transparent with you. I had a conversation with my wife again last night. She's like, I never was fearful, but for whatever reason, I'm just scared. Uh, Listen, uh, the enemy's trying to stop uh, what we're supposed to do. Uh, But I want to decree and declare to somebody today, uh, it's time to get ready uh, to shake off what God uh, is about to do in your life. It's much bigger uh, than what you see in the natural realm taking place. Uh, The enemy uh, is knowing that his days are numbered. Uh, His time is short. Uh, And in the midst of not having any leadership in our nation, uh, I'm glad that I've got a God that has the ultimate authority uh, and is able to stand uh, in the midst of adversity. Uh, Listen, uh, I'm not going to play politics in the house of God. Uh, I'm not going to allow the enemy to divide us over vaccinations and non-vaccinated. I'm not going to let the enemy use all of this rhetoric. Uh, But I come to tell somebody this morning, uh, in the midst of everything, uh, there's got to be the arising of the church again. Uh, And listen, uh, it is a fearless church. Uh, If you are part of the blood-bought saints of God, uh, then you do not have a spirit of fear. Uh, It may try to come, uh, but you resist it in the name of Jesus. uh, And you say, I'm going to walk in power. Uh, I'm going to walk in victory. Uh, I'm going to walk with authority uh, because my God uh, is more than able uh, to deliver me uh, in the midst of my trouble. Uh, Listen, uh, I understand there's a lot going on, uh, but I also understand uh, that my God saved me. Uh, He delivered me. Uh, He's protected me. Uh, And he's not going to abandon me now. Uh, And I got to tell somebody, uh, you got to get your mind clear. Uh, You got to get your heart pure. Uh, And you got to begin to sing uh, the songs of Zion uh, and encourage one another uh, in psalms and hymns uh, because he is coming for his church. In the midst of everything, hear me. Great men of God, women of God have battled a spirit of fear. Elijah, the great prophet, prays fire down from heaven. 24 hours later, running to the mountain because of a word. Here, let me give you this little nugget here. When the enemy uses a spirit of fear, he he always tries to join it with Ahab and Jezebel. But let me remind you today, Ahab's dead and Jezebel's dead. Now there's a spirit of those two that we see going through. But can I tell you, they thought they had it all together too. But I believe a dog took care of that. Can I just go on record and say the hounds of heaven has been released and they're about ready to take care of some things. I'm not going to preach that this morning, but I could. 
David was faced with many challenges, and he come to understand he could only trust the Lord. And through being faced with a lion and faced with a bear, then later in life been faced with Goliath, and then been pursued by Saul after he was anointed king, and then after even been sought by his own son Absalom, he came to a place where he realized his God would not fail him. I want to remind you today, your God will not fail you. But him coming to this understanding brought him to where he could write Psalm 62. And that's why in verse number two, it's so important. He says, he only, somebody say only. Only he is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Church, we must remember Psalms 33, 20. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and he is our shield. Let me tell you again. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. But if you're going to grab that, I have to also give you Psalms 55, 22. It says, cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he might know, could know, he shall sustain thee. He shall never, somebody say never. never. Tell your neighbor, say never. never. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Notice Psalms 55, 22 does not say cast thy burden upon the Lord and men will sustain you. It doesn't say cast thy burden upon the Lord and government shall sustain you. It says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. And he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. I want to say this to you this morning. That which we are facing today does not have the authority to destroy us. It may say it does. It may act like it does. But it does not possess the authority I want to ask you this morning a question that Jesus asked his disciples. We'll go on a rabbit trail for a minute and I'll come back. This is what he said. Who do men say that I am? I know what the world is saying today of who he is. But who do you say that he is? What is your answer today? Peter got revelation in Matthew chapter 16 and he said this, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Do you have that revelation this morning? But when he said that, he didn't stop there because then Jesus turned and said, you know what? Blessed art thou, Simon Barjano. See, if you're gonna be blessed, you're gonna first have to know who he is. And he says, for flesh and blood did not reveal it unto you, but my father which is in heaven. And I say unto you, that thou art Peter, 
And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Uh, I know the enemy says, I've got you where I want you. Uh, but he does not have the power or the authority uh, to do or to orchestrate anything in the church. Uh, because the church uh, is unmovable. Uh, it is steadfast. It is not bound with fear and anxiousness and anxiety. But the body of Christ is empowered by the Holy Ghost and fire. Listen, my friend. It's time for us to realize who we are in this season. I got to tell you, David in Psalm 62, he said, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. And he said, I will not be moved. I want to hear you this morning begin to decree and declare that no matter what's coming down the road, uh, flexing its muscles in front of me, uh, I will not be moved uh, because I have to remind you, uh, David said in Psalms 23, uh, surely uh, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life uh, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Uh, I don't know about you, but this week through all of the stuff, uh, I haven't been alone, uh, but goodness and mercy's been with me uh, and the Holy Ghost has been with me uh, and Jesus is abiding with me. So how can I be defeated when I'm walking with that around me? Can I tell you, we got to begin to rejoice in the fact that we are the church of Jesus Christ. He didn't stop there, but in verse number three, he said, how long will you imagine mischief against a man? You shall be slain, all of you, as a bowing wall shall you be, and as a tottering fence. It's interesting that he inserts this in here because he's saying all of you are coming against me. All of this stuff is trying to destroy me. It's trying to bring death and destruction to me and my kingdom, everything in my life. It's trying to be destroyed. But when you really start looking at it, what he was simply, he was saying this. And Isaiah the prophet had something to say concerning this as well. In Isaiah 30, verse 13, it says, Therefore this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall whose breaking, don't miss this, cometh suddenly at an instant. There's a whole lot of stuff coming against the church. There's a whole lot of stuff coming against this nation. But I'm going to say it again. God's not done with this nation yet. This nation deserves judgment because of some of the stuff we have embraced. But at the same time, God's grace, God's mercy, and because of the church inside of it that's calling out in repentance, he's not done. And there are those that have been imagining mischief against him. See, this isn't about flesh and blood. This is about you and me. But this is about a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light. And the kingdom of darkness has risen up an army. And it's about trying to destroy him and everything that he represents. It says, David said, how long are you all going to do this? Because you don't realize that you're as a bowing wall. And you as a tottering fence. What he's saying is this. There's something getting ready to happen. There's a fall coming. There's a collapse coming. There's a destruction coming. 
Can I tell you, Jeremiah said this. uh, He said, but the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. Therefore, my persecutors shall stumble and they shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed for they shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. Can I tell you right now, God is not going to forget some of the garbage that's going on in our world today. But then David proceeded to say this. Some of you probably can quote part of this, but let me give it to you this morning. Psalms 91, verse number one. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall never cover thee, he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thy eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. What's the reward of the wicked? A suddenly, hear me. Verse number nine, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, There shall no evil befail thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Get this now. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Somebody ought to let that sink in right there. Can I tell you when the enemy's saying right now, I'm, I'm going to destroy this and I'm going to destroy that. This is what's going to happen and this is happening here and that's happening there. TJ, come and help me real quick. Run, run, run. Enemy says, jump up here, you're still young. So the enemy comes and says, it's over. I'm pushing you around, doing whatever I want to with you. It's never going to be right. You're going to be this and going to be that. And all of this and all, and everybody around says, all TJ's in a mess, this, this, and it all looks like it's falling apart. But nobody understands that all of a sudden, I can do this to you. All of a sudden, the Lord dispatches and his angel comes. Listen, God loves him so much. He doesn't even want him to have a sore toe. So he says, I'm going to dispatch the angels. So now he's walking. In the midst of darkness, somebody's carrying him. In the midst of uncertainty, somebody's carrying him. I don't have to go to the gym today, I can tell you that. We're in a place right now. 
See, the enemy's got you wanting to run and hide. The enemy's telling you just go isolate yourself. The enemy's telling you, oh, you can't make it. Uh, there's no sense praying again. There's no sense fasting again. There's no sense going to church again because all of this, oh, it's all over. Doomsday's coming. You better have your bunker ready. You better have this and that. But all of a sudden, for the angelic host of heaven, it's been dispatched uh, and the kingdom of God has been undergirded uh, by an angelic host and said, nothing harmful is going to come now your dwelling. Listen, I'm going to protect in the midst of uncertainty. I'm going to rest in the arms of God today because can I tell you, there's somebody holding me right now and I feel the help of the Holy Ghost. Listen, the world don't want you to see this, but there is a host that's of heaven on your behalf this morning. There came a point in David's life where he made up his mind. He said this in, in verse number six. He said, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense and I shall not be moved. That time has come for you and me. We must choose who we are going to be and how we are going to live. We will once again, don't miss this, we will once again become fearless when we once again begin to walk with the fear of the Lord. When we get reference back, reverence back to the house of God. When we quit living like the world, acting like the world, and talking like the world. When we take off the world's garments and put on the garments of righteousness, that's when. Listen, I know it's not popular. I know a lot of people says you can do whatever and be whatever. Yeah, you can do whatever and be whatever and guy and go to hell and you can bury a generation uh, or you can become a peculiar people, uh, put your trust in God uh, and begin to see your babies prophesy uh, and begin to walk with power and authority. Uh, but listen, my friend, uh, you gotta have the fear of the Lord. Uh, Proverbs 1 and 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, uh, but fools despise wisdom and instructions. Uh, listen. Uh, I'm not going to call anybody a fool today, uh, but I'm going to tell you what the word of the Lord says. Uh, when you ignore the knowledge of God, uh, when you walk contrary to the word of God, uh, and you know it's the word of God, uh, God help you uh, and help your family. Proverbs 9 and 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. We must become fearless in this hour, for our faith in him will be honored. Paul wrote in Galatians 5 and 1, he said, Stand fast, therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Listen, the world desperately needs to see his glory. The reason we're not affecting the world is because we're not fearless this morning. And let me clarify today, being fearless does not mean being stupid. That does not mean throw caution to the wind and not using wisdom and knowledge, no. 
Then fearless means that you put your faith and trust in God and you know where your help comes from. I want to show you what happens when somebody becomes fearless. Abraham took Isaac to the top of the mountain and he heard a ram crying in a thicket. Why and how? It's because long before he had a visit from the Lord in Genesis 15. And it said after he had fought this battle in Genesis 15 verse 1, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision. And notice he said, Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceedingly great reward. If you jump down to verse 5 in that passage, it says, And he brought him forth abroad and said, This is the Lord, said, Look now towards heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and the Lord counted it to him for righteousness. In order to grab a hold of this picture, you have to realize that Abram, we know him as Abraham, was getting up in years. And he said, Lord, I don't, I don't have any children. I don't, I don't have any lineage. And he said, you're going to. But, but I'm of old age. It, it doesn't matter because with God all things are possible. And he said, out of your lawns is going to come. And he says... I've pulled you out of the idol worship of your father's house and I've set you on a path and I'm taking you on a journey. Now, look up at the stars. Tell me how many there is. And he said, mm, don't think I can do that. And he said, that's going to be, that's going to be your story. Your seed is going to multiply across the earth. And it says that he believed the Lord. And in the times of uncertainty and testing, Challenging, he finds himself going up to a mountain with Isaac. And the Lord meets him there, and provision is made. I could talk to you about another man by the name of Noah who heard the Lord speak into his life and said, Build an ark, it's going to rain. It never rained before. Nearly a hundred years he's working, preaching, rain's coming, destruction's coming. Get on board. We're building this thing for everybody. And they said, nobody's listening. He done lost his mind. He, but because he was faithful, because he was fearless, he saved his household because he was fearless. I could talk to you this morning about Moses who left the backside of the desert and delivered a nation. I could talk to you about Joshua who caused the priest to step down into overflowing banks of the Jordan and watch the Jordans part and roll back upon a heap and they walked across. And then I could also talk to you about him witnessing the walls of Jericho that we preached about last Sunday falling down. I could also talk to you this morning about another man that was fearless. His name was Daniel, and he slept with the lions. Uh, I could talk to you about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, who danced around in the flames of a fiery furnace, uh, that the strongest men of the known kingdom of that day was not even able to stand outside because of the heat was so great. Uh, but there was no smell of snitch upon them, and the flame did not touch them uh, because they was fearless. Because of this, they said, uh, we are not careful to answer thee, O king, uh, no matter what it is that you 
say, uh, we know that our God is more than able to deliver us. Uh, listen, I am not making light of the stuff going on in our world, uh, but I am going to stand here and tell you today uh, that my God is more than able to deliver. Uh, I'm not going to be full of uncertainty and doubt this morning. When fearlessness comes upon a man or a woman, the impossible begins to happen. There was a man by the name of Samson. Enemy was pursuing him. He simply reached down and picked up a jawbone of an ass and destroyed thousands. How many of you destroyed this week? Esther found favor with the king and delivered her people. Simeon defiled death. Lord said, gave him a word. You're not going to die until you see Jesus. He's an old man. But when Jesus walks into the temple, is carried into the temple at eight days old, and he sees him, he said, my eyes have beheld. Now I can go. What am I saying? When you're fearless in serving the things of God. Listen, at that same moment, there was a lady by the name of Anna. She was a widow for 84 years. She was married for seven years before that. The Bible says that she was a great aged lady uh, and she simply stayed in the temple night and day with prayer and fasting uh, and notice with me because she was fearless uh, she began to be one of the first ones to ever utter a prophetic message over Jesus Christ and then we fight about women preachers God help us Philip I'll use Jade's word this morning he was teleported from one place to another because he was fearless what do you mean? Go draw yourself to that man in that carriage. Explain to him what he's reading. But I don't know if he's going to receive me this or that. Listen, didn't matter. He just went and did what God said. And then the guy said, is there, there was a little pool of water. And he said, is there anything to prohibit me from being baptized? He said, no, not if you just believe in Jesus. And simply then when he baptized him and he came up out of the water, looked around, he's by himself. Thought he baptized himself or something because Philip was nowhere there. He was found in another city. Can I tell you, everything loses its ability to contain the people of God when they become fearless. Somebody missed a good place to shout right there. Paul and Silas sat in a jail. They had been beaten. They had been stricken. All of a sudden, about midnight. Doesn't it feel about like a midnight hour in our nation and the nations of the world right now? While everybody else is saying, woe is me, I just need a Paul and a Silas to begin to sing. And as they began to sing, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of uncertainty, all of a sudden, something began to shake. It just wasn't a, 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 an earthly level shaking, but it was the under the earth shaking. Everything began to shake. The foundation of the prison began to shake uh, because somebody said, you know what? In the midst of not knowing what's going on, I'm still going to trust in Jesus. Uh, I'm not going to let fear resonate in my life. Uh, I'm not going to give place to it. Notice with me. Uh, and because of that, we see a jailer run in and simply says, what must I do to be saved? I'm trying to hurry this morning. Peter was awakened by the angel of the Lord and his chains fell off because he was fearless. A little bit later, he actually stepped down out of the bow of a boat and walked on water in the midst of a storm as well. 
Paul shook off the viper in the fire and it did no harm to him because he was fearless. Notice with me, John was boiled in oil and he didn't die because he was fearless. Can I tell you today, Rahab hid the men of God and she spared her family. The widow woman uh, in the Old Testament scripture, she listened to the prophet and she made him a cake and the barrel of meal did not stay and the cruise of oil did not run dry. Because why? Uh, it's because she was fearless in the midst of uncertainty. Uh, it's time for the reemerging of the fearless church. Uh, notice with me, uh, about a little better than 2,000 years ago, about 500 people saw Jesus lose gravity, go into the heavenlies, but only 120 of them uh, thought it was important enough to listen to what he said. Uh, and 120 went to an upper room in Jerusalem. Uh, they began to ignore all of the noise in the streets. Uh, they began to put their trust in Christ in a manner that they never did. Uh, and about 10 days later, uh, there was a sound from heven. Uh, and it came down and set upon them and cloven tongues like a fire. Uh, and they began to preach and prophesy in a manner with boldness that they had never had. Uh, and we find that there was a harvest of souls that began at that time. Uh, what are you saying, preacher? Uh, this morning, I know you're going through stuff. Uh, I know the enemy's mad. Uh, I know the enemy's telling you you're not going to make it. I know the enemy's dividing family. Uh, I know the enemy's telling the church in America that it's not important. Uh, Barna Research just said this, uh, that uh, just Christian people in America, one out of every three says we're not going back to church. Uh, God help us. A third of the people uh, are sitting where they're saying we're not going back. And another third that's in the church, uh, they're in a backslidden state, lukewarm, saying we have everything we need. Uh, and God says, you're wretched, you're miserable, you're blind, you're naked. Uh, listen, uh, we need a revival. Uh, but revival won't come uh, until somebody becomes fearless again. Uh, and I'm going to stand before you today and tell you uh, that the God is still the ultimate authority. Let every man be a liar. Uh, let the word of the Lord be established and true. Uh, listen, uh, it's time to stand up and be counted. Uh, and listen, it's time for somebody to earnestly contend for the faith. Uh, it's somebody to occupy till he comes. Uh, because uh, it's time to invade our land uh, and to remind the devil once again uh, that he's been defeated uh, and that the church of Jesus Christ uh, has the power and the ability uh, to reach this dying world. Amen. I'm going to wrap it up because you're getting bored. Let me remind you, 2 Corinthians 10, as they come to the music this morning, for though we walk in the flesh... We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the kingdom of God. Please hear me this morning. In a world that's going crazy, in a church world that's experiencing unrest and uncertainty and unfortunately seeing people be divided more so than they're in unity because of what they see and what they think of others I have to remind us this morning that in Ephesians chapter 6 most of you probably could quote this passage of scripture it says finally my brethren I said everything that I've said to say this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God 
that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your lawns girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. But above all, somebody say above all. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. How many could say, you know what, I've, I've, I've experienced some darts enemies really throwed some stuff did some stuff how many knows there's arrows coming from every side above all taking the shield of faith see if you go back to Psalm 62 David said this I've come to the conclusion I've come to understand simply said it in this manner he said truly my soul waiteth upon God from him cometh my salvation he only is my rock and my salvation he is my defense I shall not be greatly moved this is what David did in his life in the midst of everything that was going on he just he grabbed the shield of faith who are you going to believe what are you going to believe today We have men and women been slaughtered today. It's been reported this week that we, an Afghan woman was set on fire just because those that is taking up rule and authority didn't like the food she cooked. It was bad food, so they set her on fire. It has been reported that they're taking young Afghan women and young Afghan girls, putting them in coffins and shipping them into neighboring countries in that manner for human trafficking and for sexual pleasures and servitude. terror organizations that we have not heard anything from for several years now really the last four or five years four and a half years now begins to feel so emboldened that they're making proclamations and chanting death to America the enemy is feeling so empowered at this moment I have to be really careful that I don't let my emotions get the best of me. But watching a kingdom of darkness, a demonic force, 
put on the uniform of our brave men and women and recreate photos does not set well with me. They feel like nothing can stop them. I don't care what your political affiliation is, but we have those in leadership in many offices across this land of both parties that do not love our nation and they do not love our Bible. And we have a media today that is giving credibility to organizations that don't deserve credibility. One of the most sickening things that you can see playing across your television or your devices today is for us to let media walk in and sit down in chairs like you're sitting in and give credibility to a terror organization and ask them questions. God help us. Because I'll tell you why we're doing that and experiencing that is those in some of the highest offices of our land, they love the demonic religion of Islam and they denounce that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is much bigger. As I shared on Wednesday night, all roads point to Israel this morning. God's chosen people, his land, his stretch of land. We have an enemy today that says, I've never been more equipped and more powerful than I am right now. I'll go on record and say it for the second time. There's a lot of people in our nation and the high offices that wanted to equip our enemy to destroy Israel, and they didn't know how to do it other than the way they just did it in the last 14 days. Now we have. We have $300 million worth of black helicopters with the greatest and latest of technology that's in the hands that can now begin to sweep through nations and begin to penetrate Israel like they never thought. But what they don't realize is there's a church that's fearless. never been here before you can you can bury your head in the sand and say well it's going to get back to normal one of these days no there's no normal you can walk from this house today you can go back to your life for the next six days seven days whatever and come back next Sunday and say well we'll do it all again but if that's our approach that which we're seeing taking place over there is going to manifest itself here we have never been more vulnerable God help us to intercede and pray for our nation and our people September the first 2000 September 11th 2001 is not their pinnacle that was just their beginning but they have been held at bay but now there's nothing to hold them at bay because right now the church is hiding the church is in place of apathy 
but all if we will awaken and arise. If we'll begin to let our children begin to hear us like I heard my parents, then we have hope. See, there was not one occasion, but multiple occasions I could hear coming from the basement up through the register vents and the stairway as a child, my father wailing before the Lord. It was multiple times I could run in and out of the house and hear my mama singing as she labored. There's a generation that don't hear the songs of Zion and they don't hear the prayers of daddies and mommies. What we don't understand is those songs and those prayers was erecting a hedge across the United States of America and it was propelling us to go into unknown territory that we'd never been in before around the globe. Today, we sit asking what are we going to do? See, not only do we divide by denominations, but now we've also, oh, we've greatly erred. We talk about the church of China. We talk about the church of Iran. We talk about the persecuted church. Listen, there ain't no such thing. It's just the church. And if we're not careful, and I do not want to sound mean this morning because, man, the Lord really laid it on me, and I, I had to weep and cry yesterday. We have to ask ourselves the hard question, are we really even the church? Because in settings like this across our nation today, there'll be somebody that's not greeted the way they think they should have been greeted. And they'll walk out mad and hurt and say, I'm not going back to that church, wherever that is. And at the same time they're doing that, they're saying we're the church. But the true church is kneeling down in some sand today and saying, I won't deny my Lord. You can do what you will, but I won't deny my Lord. And they'll say, we'll give you one more chance. No. And they'll be beheaded or they'll be shot or they'll be tortured. They'll be set on fire. That's the church. You see, the church refuses to be silent. There was even recently in this nation, in the midst of protest and violence, Antifa shows up on the scene and begins to disturb a religious gathering. And in the midst of them coming to bring havoc, somebody just paused and was fearless and began to share Jesus. And all of a sudden, Antifa members began to accept Jesus as their Lord because somebody said, I'll just be fearless. I'll stand and let them do what they want but I'm going to stand and just give them Jesus. Are we going to give Jesus this week? Are we going to be the church? Are we going to put everything on pause and begin to fight this spiritual war that's taking place around us? Because while we sit and do church 
and refused to become the church. He's still stealing. He's still destroying. And he's still killing. I call us to a place to stand fast. And what we know is true. Let's possess the power that we have in the Holy Spirit. And let us love like Jesus loves. But let us have a clear mind and stand and be who he's called us to be. He didn't tell us to be the church only when it was easy and convenient. But he said, pick up your cross daily and follow me. I'm commissioning you today to pick up the cross. Follow Jesus.